0: If you are growing your freelance career and you feel like you're at a point of capacity and you want to keep growing, but you're like, I can't take on any more clients, then, this strategy session with one of our freelance accelerator students, Allison Haynes, is for you. Now, this is part two of a two part conversation. Um, it was not intentionally going to be two parts, but the conversation got so long that I split it into two. So, the intro is gonna feel a little bit abrupt. Because I just kind of had to naturally cut it in the middle of our conversation. So if you if you want to catch up on the full conversation, go back last week and listen to the first part of the conversation with Allison, where we talk about her growth as a freelancer and how she has built her business and strategies that she has used to beat her previous full-time income by 70, actually I think she said 75%, Um. She did. I, I, I think I said 70 in the last one, but 75%. Um, so if you want to hear the beginning of Allison's story, go back to that episode. Uh, but if you're just here for the strategy session, then we kind of dive in right in the middle and I'll give you a little bit of a preface. So Allison is at capacity in her business. She has raised her rates multiple times. She has focused her niche very specific to only take a certain type of client. She works with small Mission and value driven fashion brands, meaning slow fashion, um, small startup stage who need digital pattern making. And she has focused that really, really dialed in. Um, she turns clients away that are not a good fit, yet she is still booked out two to three months in advance. And she has clients who are saying, I don't care that you're three months in advance. I'm going to sign the contract right now. I'm going to give you deposit right now. That is how much her business is exploding, which is amazing, but she's feeling really a capacity. Um, she has a lot of things going on. She writes blog posts regularly. She promotes um, that content on Instagram. She also has a podcast that has taken off. She has built a pattern making workroom which is essentially a online group that she's running that is teaching startups and brand owners how to uh, refine and make their patterns production ready it's a different tier in her business if if working with her hands-on one-on-one is not an option whether it's financially um or whether it's, you know, maybe you have some experience pattern making and you just need to refine a little bit and you need some support and you need to get some answers to your question. She's built out this new program within her service offering to uh, give people another way to work with her. So she has a lot going on. And I will throw out this disclaimer too, that this could feel very overwhelming um, if you are newer to the freelancing space or if you haven't gotten started yet. Um, So don't feel overwhelmed. She is four plus years into her business and she has grown slowly. Um, When she first started out, she was just doing one thing. She was offering technical design and pattern making services to brands. That was it. She wasn't blogging. She wasn't podcasting. She didn't have this other thing. So this can be some inspiration of where you can go. Um, we get pretty high level on talking about how she can structure her business, um, things that she might want to outsource, things that she might not want to outsource, um, tips on finding the right person and building the right dynamic for having that first team member that she brings on. So if you are curious about what the growth of a fashion freelancer might look like as you start to have to outsource certain tasks, this episode is going to be a great lesson for you. Um, maybe you're thinking about producing other content like, blogging or podcasting or something and you're curious about how what that looks like I think you'll get a lot of value out of this conversation so we get pretty nitty-gritty into the weeds Um, so that's I think enough of a catch up for us to kind of dive in in the middle of this conversation where we picked up from part one last week if you didn't listen to that Um, and yeah I think there's a lot of interesting takeaways depending on where you are in your fashion freelance career now, I'll remind you that Allison is a freelance accelerator student, and as part of being inside of that program, um, students get access to one-on-one strategy sessions with me, which is essentially what you're going to hear us going through today so if you are in a spot in your freelance career whether you are just starting and you're feeling overwhelmed and you're not sure what to do or you have kicked off a little bit and you're like how do I grow um, freelance accelerator just may be right for you the best way to find out about the program when it opens which is just a few times a year is head on over to um, so slash freelance sign up there I will send you all of my best free resources on freelancing as well as keep you in the loop the next time the program opens. We will link to that directly in the show notes where you can just click right through um, and get started right away with free resources. And if you need more, then Finance Accelerator is there for you. So that being said, I think we're ready to jump into the strategy session with Allison. There's no intro. Again, as I said, it's just going to be a little bit abrupt because we're picking up from last week. So here we go.
1: So I feel like I'm a little bit at the at a crossroads of, okay, so where do I, like, how do I grow my business further from here? you know, I don't, I don't want to take on more clients because I don't want to work more hours. Um, and I have raised my rates a little bit. Um, I haven't, you know, like doubled them or anything drastic, but I have raised them kind of steadily, um, since I've been freelancing and, um, and even in the past like year, I've raised them. So I don't, but that's not, that's not been enough to like balance out how many people want to hire me versus how many people I can actually want to work, you know, take on. Right. Um, I still have. And so then I've the past couple months, cause I also moved as we were talking before we hit record. <laughs> yeah. I, I just moved like three weeks ago. Bought and sold a so, house.
0: That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I was like, okay, I ca- I literally can't take on anymore right now. Right. Um, so I was telling people like, I'm two to three months out, you know, like if you can wait till October, um for me to work with you then I can but I I can't do anything the next kind of three months right um thinking that that would turn away some people too of like (laughs) oh we wanted to start get started and And it didn't and no it didn't they're like okay yeah And, and even some of them were like we'll pay our deposit now you know oh my gosh um and just to like hold our spot on your calendar I was like great yeah um so yeah, now I have a whole bunch of stuff lined up for, you know, the, the fall here. And so yeah, I'm kind of at this crossroads where it's like, where do I go from here? I don't want to raise my rates so much that I can't serve the kind of smaller brands that I want to. Okay. Um, and I just knowing, like, I really love doing the work and love pattern making. So I don't really see myself being happy, like hiring a bunch of people to work for me to do that. And then I would just spend my time kind of running the business and managing other people. Like Mm -hmm. that doesn't seem like a fun day to me. Okay. Um, so I don't like that option. So yeah, I've been trying to think of like, okay, where do I go? How do I move forward from here? And I did just actually this week, um, uh, hire an intern to help me with some, you know, administrative type things so that I'm not like, scheduling posts and, yeah. <laughs> you know, r- you know, writing up descriptions to like the pattern making workroom videos and stuff like that. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I know you've kind of hired freelancers and yeah. employees and yeah. you know, you, you, I think started out kind of just yourself. when you I were did. Doing I did. So I don't know if you kind of have advice on that of options for where to go from here in a freelance
0: business? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, and I love talking about this stuff. So um, I think it's a really personal decision. Um, so a lot of the things that have kind of been, like, tumbling around in my head since you uh, sent your – so. Just for transparency, I had Allison do a time tracking or time audit. Um, so for an entire week, she—and you did it on the weekends, too. I didn't necessarily mean the weekends. i meant kind of a work week, but that's okay. You did seven days. <laughs> um, you tracked your time in 15-minute increments, and it wasn't meant to be like— Da, da, da you're spending too much time on Instagram. Like, shake the stick at you. Um, it was more just meant to be an exercise for you and then also for me at a glance to look at, like, wait, where maybe are you having some big time sinks that you just don't even realize, Um so, I realize I
1: spend a lot of time cooking, but I'm not upset about that. So. Don't be
0: upset about that. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I spend a lot of time hiking. Like I go on like three, four hour hikes multiple times a week and it's really good space for my head and cooking mm-hmm. might be that for you or it's really good space for your mouth and your belly. And that's also amazing. Like nourish your mm-hmm. body. That's great. Um, so... It, I really want to look at like the work tasks and then beyond mm. that though, like from a higher level, I'm curious to know, you know, cause you say all these things that you don't want. You're like, okay, I don't want to um, create an agency where I'm running the business and I've got a bunch of people working for me doing the actual work. Cause you love doing the actual work. You don't want to raise your rates too high because then you're going to exclude um, brands that you really want to work with. So,
1: and that, and that one, that one I have a gut feeling might be a little bit more of my fear.
0: I think so too. I wanted to, I want to talk about that one. And if you're open to it, I would love to, to talk about what, like, let's look at some actual numbers. Now, I don't, mm-hmm. um, I don't know the pattern making world as intimately as you do, but it, it is a higher priced service because it's very specialized and it's very technical and you need a skilled person. So, my gut was like, listen, if you are still getting people, to say, I'll wait three months and I'll give you a deposit now, they're dying to work with you, which is amazing. You've built a phenomenal business and you've really made a name for yourself and you should be really proud of that. But it also, you. yeah, you're welcome. It's also a sign that um, I think your prices are probably still a little bit on the low side. So would you be willing to share any numbers? Or if if, if you're not comfortable, with that, that's fine too. But like, let's say if, if you started at $100 for X task, are you now at $150? from like two years ago or from like how much percentage wise what has the increase been because my gut says it's maybe not been quite enough
1: yeah I don't really have I don't know off the top of my head how much I've increased it I've also kind of changed how I so sure. I started out kind of char- charging hourly mm-hmm. um and then I switched to and I did at the time I did the your freelance rate calculator where you pretty much drop three zeros on yep. your, your salary, yearly salary. Yep. Um, so that's what I was, that's what I had started with. Okay. But then I quickly realized I don't want to charge with hour. Um, right. and I wanted to package services so that, um, and part of, part of this was me like learning how to communicate the value of certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it was just, I didn't want to like, there were certain things that like I knew. So for example, like people would say, oh, I don't want to pay, you know, an extra whatever for a tech pack. I just want the pattern. And in my head, I'm like, they're going to regret it, but they don't realize it yet. (laughs) So I just ended up, switching to all project based and packaging my services so that you don't have the option of getting a pattern without a tech pack, unless you already have a tech pack
0: done. Okay. Um, so you're like, you have the customer's best interest in mind and you're like, this is just how it works. I'm not going to do it otherwise because I'm doing you a disservice, which I actually really appreciate.
1: Oh, good. Um, yeah. So like what, what I do now and like the most common kind of like package brands hire me for has, um, a tech pack, the digital graded pattern and, um, up to three rounds of fit samples, you know, to, you know, until it's approved okay. But generally two or three, okay. um, but I cap it at three. So that kind of that whole package, um, and I didn't originally, and it's kind of, it's dependent on the style. So obviously like a blazer is more expensive than a t-shirt. Sure. Um, and I didn't post, prices on my website for the first couple of years and then I have been because that was another thing I was like maybe uh, if I post the price that'll like narrow down the it'll people filter out the me.
0: people yeah, yeah 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 it didn't
1: um <laughs> that that hasn't worked well enough either so um because people still have been contacting me but yeah. and, I, and I even kind of have raised it in you know add well, maybe three hundred dollars more and on this proposal whatever. Yeah. Um to just to see and and then did did that on my website too. You know, kind of kept kind of bumping it up. I think I started maybe at like uh starting price for that package for like a really basic garment was maybe like six hundred and now it's at like twelve fifty. So I guess it has doubled like the starting okay point.
0: Um, so your starting price for a tech pack a digital graded pattern plus three rounds of fit. And what does the fit entail? Does that mean that the sample comes to you, you fit it, you make comments, you make adjustments, you send it back, you get another sample?
1: No, so I, I make the fit sample for them. Oh, with you their, with, make with it. With the materials that they've bought and sent to me. Okay. Um, and then send it to them and we get together over Zoom for a fitting.
0: Okay, gotcha. And so that starts at twelve fifty for like the most basic. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I mean, I think you could bump it a little bit, especially considering the fact that you're physically making the sample and you ultimately might be physically making three samples. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing where I've thought, like I, if, if uh good
1: seamstresses, if if there were more of them to come by, yeah, they are I would hard want to find. somebody to do that for, you know, I don't think that's something not, oh the type of work that I feel strong and I need to be doing myself.
0: Okay. Um. So you could outsource that for sure.
1: Yeah. It would be uh, finding someone. I feel like at, at least in St. Louis, I, at any given time, there's at least three brands I know of ha- trying to hire seamstresses. So,
0: okay. Uh, okay. Well, okay. So let's talk about this a little bit. So I think, um, I think there's two opportunities there. There's outsourcing a part of that. You have to find the person, which I have some ideas so we can talk about that in a second. And then um, I would, you know what, the whole pricing thing, it's just, sometimes it's just an experiment. Mm -hmm. I would play around with it and like bump it a little bit and see if that makes an adjustment over however long amount of time you would make sense based on the amount of leads you get. Like, can I test it for a month? Is that enough time? Um, you know, I, um, I just, I, I never did specific pattern making or sample making. So it's different, kind of type of services. But over the years, I just kind of kept slapping a number on there and it was like, just always got a little bit higher and you can kind of feel the reaction. And especially once you're more seasoned, like you are, you can kind of feel the reaction. Um, and I know, uh, Marissa Borelli, Borelli, who's, I, I know you are familiar with her. I don't know if you ever connected mm-hmm. with her, but she is very successful. She makes like 300,000 a year. Um, and she told me she was, when she interviewed, when I interviewed her on the podcast, she was like, I just kept pushing the number up higher and higher. And she does do project price, but she also does hourly and she goes until I f- could feel I was getting too much kickback and she capped it at 300. So she charges through, if you want to work hourly or you need like a revision, it's 300 bucks an hour. It's not cheap. It's like lawyer's fees, but she mm-hmm. gets it. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, you need to incorporate hourly or anything like that, but I think there is opportunity for you to slowly push that price until you start to feel it. And it's just going to be like a gut thing. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing. Um, And then as we said, outsourcing to the seamstress, um, and I'll talk about finding people in a minute here, but I also think that, that maybe outsourcing to the seamstress is going to be a harder one. I'd love to look at like some of the other things that are going on in your work week and your work day that are taking up time. And it might only feel Mm -hmm. like 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, an hour there. But like all that stuff sort of adds up. It's not just the physical time, but it's the mental space that it carries. And like Mm -hmm. the weight on your shoulders is so big. Um, yeah I have like Trello
1: boards like oh, outlining out like all the processes for everything so at least on some of that stuff I don't have to like think about the process every time but it's still like, a lot yeah it definitely is that's why that's what I was you know we were talking about earlier Of like I didn't realize when I first started how much time is spent like running the business and like answering
0: emails or paying taxes or you yeah, know, like, yeah 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 stuff yeah. like that yeah you know,
1: that's not related to pattern making.
0: Well, let's talk about some of those tasks because, um, I'm curious, like, what do you feel like? And it's, you know, you did the weekly time tracking and, and it's hard. Mm -hmm. I know you did, there is paying taxes in there, um, as one of the things, um, and there's answering emails and stuff. And, and I think there's some emails that can be outsourced for sure. I here's, I'll tell you this, and I know my business is very different than yours now. Um, I don't really answer any emails. Tara answers all the emails. And we're actually in the process of hiring a third person. Well, we hired a third person, it didn't work out. We're hiring our next third person. (laughs) Um, And they're gonna be answering all the emails. Like at some point, you just have to get some of these things out of the way and like forget them. Like you don't even have to think about them. Um, Mm -hmm. So, what are like, uh, so you physically went through the time tracking process, you have the spreadsheet. And again, I know you said this was a little bit of an off week because you have the FGI event, plus you're moving. So it maybe is not super typical of your regular schedule. Um, but what you learned in this time tracking process as well as just what you know from a high level, like what are some of the air quote business tax business tasks that you keep referencing that you're like, gosh, it's a lot. And that's kind of the part it sounds like you don't love. What are they?
1: Yeah. So think, things like I would like to, so like, the podcast was kind of an experiment. I was like, I'm going to try it for a year, see what happens. You know? uh-huh. But I didn't want to invest too much money in it at first. Because, yeah you know, especially last, time, last summer, I had time because um, things were slow. Right. So I was like, I'm fine spending the time and saving the money because I don't really know, like... Is this going to work? Am I going to want to continue doing this? But now I've decided I like it and I think there's value in it for my business and for my customers. Mm-hmm. So I want to continue it, but I don't want to be editing the podcast myself. because You should not be. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, I I already listened to it, you know, as I was recording it with them for an hour. I don't want to listen to it again yeah. to edit it. <laughs> yeah. And like write the uh, the show notes, but I can't. Yeah, but I can't like take notes of here's the talking points and things that we've talked about while I'm in the interview. So right. somebody needs to listen to it and write that. Yep. Um so that is one for sure. And then you know if that person does a really good job and I like trust them with giving them like my website login and in info and all that kind of stuff, yeah. then like with the right person like having them you know put it on my website and create the captions for social media and schedule that post and create the because I have a little um like episode graphic that I'll share with the post so that type of stuff um where I'd rather just work on the content and then not all the little things of like scheduling the MailChimp email to go out to my newsletter and like or even like putting the
0: text into the MailChimp or it, that's yeah exactly. that takes a lot like, of time yeah yeah
1: yeah it, yeah that's what I'm saying it's like okay right you're like grabbing all that content putting it out the website putting you making a social caption putting yeah, it into MailChimp, it's a lot like, all
0: yeah. of that yeah so, so things like that okay gotcha so those are, I mean, if you were exclusively freelancing and you weren't doing your podcast, you were doing blogging, you weren't doing all these other things. The amount of business stuff I think is actually still quite small, but I would be yeah. curious to talk yeah, a little bit. I don't spend
1: that much time, like keeping my bookkeeping spreadsheet. I right. do hire like a CPA to do okay, like, brilliant. my taxes, yep. you know, file taxes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, you know, do kind of like log in and pay estimated taxes every quarter. Yeah. Um.
0: Which still, you could do that yourself. That's fine. I still do that mm-hmm. myself too. I, I really like the money side of things. I really want to be like in the weeds with that. So for me, that's something mm-hmm. that like, and I do have a CPA that does the taxes once a year, but um, the, you know, sort of month to month bookkeeping and stuff, I do, I like to keep that tight <laughs> to my chest.
1: Yeah. And it doesn't take the, it doesn't, it's take, not much that, that I don't feel like takes me that much time. And I do like, you know, I've got like my pie charts and the spreadsheet so I can yep. track year for year. And yeah, yeah, your, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any seasonality? Or yeah, like, I feel like I'm you really, and I are really busy this month. Yeah, am I actually getting paid a lot this month. Or yeah, am I just working a lot. You know? I think we're
0: similar in that we really like to look at that stuff. So I encourage you to keep the things that you really enjoy. But what about things like? Um, putting the proposal together and then any like correspondence with the client. And I know, I know that like your gut reaction might be like, Oh, but those are really only things I can do, or I should really only be the one communicating with the client. Um, or things like putting the invoice together and then you might feel, and I'm maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, but I'm just going to go with things that you might feel. You might feel like, Oh, but then someone's going to see all the finances and that might feel uncomfortable. Um, And, and when I talk about some of these things, like this is where I I can talk a little bit more about like hiring people and, and, and you as a person, you have to think about what works for you. So Mm -hmm. you can look Mm -hmm. at this from different levels. Like you could like, so the podcast, for example, there are companies out there that are one stop shop podcast. Basically you record it, you upload it to Dropbox and you set it and forget it. They come, they listen to the show. They come up with an SEO Uh, optimized title. They write the show notes. They create the graphic. They create um, social media graphics that are ready to post. They schedule it in your WordPress website. They publish it to Libsyn. It's one-stop shop. Now, that's like an agency that you're outsourcing to. So guess what? There's no learning curve. Like You can just toss it over. It is a little more expensive versus bringing someone in-house that maybe you can train to do all of that stuff plus you can train them to do other things because maybe once by the time they've gotten a little bit more intimate with your business and they understand your customer um and you you know you trust them and all that sort of thing and they they have a great work ethic you can give them other things to do which then might lead to um putting the proposals together and answering like basic email correspondence that that someone else can answer and they can get they can get trained and learn to answer that. You can get a lot more bang for your buck if you do that route, but there's a lot more handholding from your side. You're going to have to start creating SOPs um and mm-hmm. you're going to have to start you're going to have to train them. Um but it does become a lot more like intimate of a team experience. So I'll, I'll give you my full transparent experience. I did. Um, so my husband, Mark has always edited the podcast cause he has a big background in audio engineering and music and stuff. So I did get, I did look out with that. So, um, mm-hmm. and we don't do much editing other than, um, the intro and the outro and adding a little bit of music. And, and we're sometimes maybe one out of 20 episodes, we got to cut something out of the middle, but other than that, we don't do hardly any editing. Um, mm-hmm. And then yeah, I,
1: I don't I don't do much either. Okay, really just like long pauses at intro outro.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Um, so so that component you might have to outsource to like an independent person that you might be able to like you could go to a one-stop shop, like these podcast houses, um, or you could maybe just hire someone on upwork. Who knows how to edit? And then they can deliver the file File either to this podcast house or maybe even the podcast house can um, edit. I did hire, and I keep calling it podcast, maybe podcast agency is a better word. Um, I did hire one for a while because it was just easy to just be like, okay, I can't write the show notes anymore. I wasn't quite ready to like bring someone on and hire them and train them but I just pushed it out the door and, and then it made it really easy for me. Um, it's expensive. And I was after a while, I was like, I'm not sure I can justify this cost. And for me, I was at the point where I was like, I really want to get a right-hand person in the business. I don't want someone who's just an assistant. I don't say just an assistant in a bad way, but like who's just kind of checking things off the list. Like I want someone who gets to know the business, understands our customer, <clears throat> really gets intimate with what we're doing day in and day out, um, and slowly train them on that. And Tara is my person on that, and she does all mm-hmm. the podcast stuff. My husband edits it, and then it goes. She schedules all the guests. She does all that correspondence. She sends them the calendar link. She makes sure they fill out the bio, um, and they sign the release. And then uh, she writes the show notes, and then she gets it all scheduled, and she puts it on everywhere. And um, and then on top of that, she does a million other things. She does all of our customer correspondence, whether or or our audience correspondence, whether they're, they're a customer or not. Um, all of our email corresponds and it's taken time to train her and it took me time to find the right person. So I think for you, it depends on like, what are you looking for? Cause, um, like, what do you want to build? You said you don't want to build an agency, but do you want that like right hand person who's like in the weeds with you and like a day to day kind of grind? It doesn't have to be like, you know, they're working 30 hours a week. It could start out at like seven to 10 hours a week. Um, or do you want to like piecemeal outsource to different agencies, which is going to cost more, but is a lot easier at the beginning?
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, I wouldn't mind having someone like work with me as a team. I just uh-huh. don't want to be spending my time only managing other people. Like I wouldn't want to, I don't, I wouldn't want to like hire a bunch of other pattern makers and then me just like project manage. Right. Um, but in terms of like hiring someone to help me with like the business and like the strategy of that and all those like tasks to keep the operation side going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like with the right person, that would be a good fit to bring um, someone in house
0: to do that. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Yeah. I think it's been a little bit of a slow, like as I've gotten busier, me having to be okay with like the risk of trying new things and letting go of some of that. Yeah. Um, I'm fairly like risk averse in general, totally. so even even like um, the beginning of this year, um, I was like, why am I spending so much time back and forth? Like scheduling meetings, like, are you free this day, this day, or this day? And then you're doing that with like five people, and then it's like, just kidding, somebody already booked for that other time. So, uh, never yeah, mind yeah, yeah. on that one.
0: So, you I, you weren't like, like using cal- Calendly? Oh, wow. Uh, I
1: wasn't, I wasn't. I was doing it all myself. And so, I finally got Calendly, and it's been like, as a game even changer, that, I was like, yeah, I need, like the having to let it like look at my calendar and connect to my Zoom, it, like, uh. even that felt like. A, a risk to me just because I don't I don't know you're letting go of like some things. of the control yeah yeah and it's like I'm letting an app like know everything about me you know like oh, access wow. to my calendar I don't know um but I've really enjoyed it now that I've done it so I yeah. think it's it's maybe a little bit of a slow like getting used to okay I need to like let go of some of these things yeah. and like trust find somebody else I can trust to do them for me or like an app that can save my time, you know, yeah. or something like that. Cause it's like little things, you know, things like that. It's like, why not have the app do it for me? It yeah. saves so much time yeah, and is more convenient to like both me and my client to like have the reminders and stuff where I don't have to set those up. Yep. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I think it might just be finding the right person and then me being okay with, turning things over to them, you know.
0: <laughs> and it's I'll tell you what, it's a growth curve. So, I was very similar to you. I didn't so much have the challenge with the app stuff. That was that was easy for me to implement, but I had a really big challenge with the um the hiring of a person and mm-hmm. I had this attitude that was Because, again, I think you and I are very similar. I think we're a little bit type A. We're a little bit overachievers. We can be a little bit OCD in, like, a really healthy way. (laughs) Right? Super perfectionist. Um, I had this really negative attitude of, like, well, nobody can do it as good as me, and it's just easier if I do it myself. It's too much work to, like, try to have someone do it, and then I have to handle them, and then they don't do it right, and then I'm already getting annoyed that they're doing a terrible job. And I had a really negative attitude around that for a while and a a mastermind group of business women that I'm in, they like sat me down and they were like, Heidi, you got to shut that down and you got to let go of some of the control. Otherwise your business is never going to grow. And they like made me really uncomfortable and they pushed (laughs) me. Um, And I'll be fully transparent that I went through four people before I found Tara and she's now been with me for two and a half years and she's amazing. And guess what? A lot of the things actually, all the things she does, she does a better job than I did. So it's like mm-hmm. the reverse attitude of like, oh, no one can do it good enough because I'm just so good, which is a really snotty place to be, um, to now I have people that that do a better job than me. Um, so, you know, I can give you some tips on, like, hiring. I think that um, it's hard. It's a process. We've learned a lot these last few months as we hired our third person, fired her, now hiring our next third person um we're like literally going Tara's in an interview right now as I record this um she's (laughs) vetting the first round of people um would that be helpful for you to like and again I also think that like we talked about pricing earlier is like a little bit like riding a bike I think hiring and managing a person is a little bit like hiring a bike or riding a bike Mm -hmm. um I can tell you all the tips in the world but I think sometimes you just have to experience it firsthand you have to have some fails to learn Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um I mean, would you want, do you want to talk about that at all?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. Cause you know, I, I just hired this intern. It'll be very, very, very part time. It's really, well tell me on kind of this one project.
0: Tell me a little bit about then, that. The intern, yeah, like you so, interviewed and tell me about the experience so far.
1: Yeah. So, um, I'd read, I reached out to the school I went to Linda Wood university. Um, I'm on their fashion design, um, degree advisory counselor board. Okay. And so I was like, I would love to be able to like, if there's a student that's a good fit for this, um, you know, I'd love to be able to support students at the school that I went to. So, um, they kind of like put it out to, to that program. And I had a couple, um, students reach out with interest in, and I kind of described like, it's not actually like a pattern making internship. Uh Like I'm a pattern making business, but I really, need you know more help with a little bit more of the administrative side of running this business um and so um I interviewed two of them and you know got together over zoom and um one of the and they also have like a fashion business and entrepreneurship degree so I was like okay one of them is is a majoring in that so I was like perfect um she she um does her classes remote so she's like I'm really good with you know kind of staying on top of things without like actually you know being there um good with communication and stuff and she has been like this whole process like res- responded promptly and like you know replied with all the things that I asked her to send you yeah, know? yeah. um so I was like good she's detail oriented yeah you know, she re- <laughs> she's responsive she followed up. yeah she thanked me for my time you know Beautiful. like all this kind of stuff good signs so, yeah Um, the other, the other person I interviewed, like, very nice, and I think would, uh, but her interest more lied in, like, actually the technical design or pattern making work as opposed to the administrative stuff, so it just wasn't a good fit. Sure. Um, so yeah, I went with her, the first person that I interviewed, and yeah, we, we just today were, like, communicating back with, like, paperwork and getting her set up and, like, shared Google Drive folder and stuff, but... Um, we'll see how that goes with this kind of, this project for the pattern making workroom of, you know, writing descriptions and like time stamping the questions for all the recorded calls. Cause right now they don't have <laughs> any like notes on them. So there's a whole bunch, but you have like no idea what, what's inside in of each one. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So doing, she'll be doing that for me. And then my hope is like, if we work together well through that process, that there's other like similar types of things that um, we can work on together as well.
0: Gotcha. Okay. So that's a great place to start. And you gave her a small project that, um, can be a great experience for you. Like, I mean, I don't know how, like I didn't manage a ton of, I mean, I managed some people throughout my freelance career, but as far as like formally being a manager inside of like an office, I never really did that. And so, and I, and and since, yeah. And so since I am, and since both of us are so like, I just, I can figure out how to get it done. I'll just get it done myself because I'll get it done faster. And I know it gets done and I know it gets done right. Um, (laughs) I don't have to worry about whether it's getting done.
1: It's not so much that I don't think somebody can do it
0: as well as me. It's just more. Worrying if it's getting done. Worrying if if it is getting done. I know. And okay, so here's what I'll tell you on that. Um, It's a learning curve to become that manager, that mentor, that leader, whatever word you want to use. It's a learning curve to become like a really good person at that. And it was, mm-hmm. it was a hard learning curve for me. So a couple of things that, like, I think can be really beneficial is setting really, really clear expectations um, and, like, having insanely open communication. So I don't know what you're using for communication. We use Slack. It works really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. And it gets out of the inbox, and it's channelized and stuff, and it's super easy. Um, and I set a precedent, like, day one. I was like, if I, I want – over communication versus under communication so if i send something and i don't if if you can't get to it right away that's fine i don't expect you to get to it right away but at least acknowledge that you received it and then um let me know like when you can get to it and then when something gets done or maybe when you're like halfway through it like give me an update now at some point you can set the expectation for this but it also will come down to the inherent nature of the person And so it sounds Mm -hmm. like you could sense that a little bit in the interview process that she is responsive. She does follow up. And so, you know, that I've always gone in with the approach of like, I am hiring for work ethic and personality Mm -hmm. and drive and, and reliability over skill any day, 10 Mm -hmm. to one. I don't, Mm -hmm. I will teach you how to do the thing if you can just show up and be driven and, and meet deadlines, not meet deadlines, give me, give it to me a day early, um, and keep in touch and open line communication. And also like a little bit of a self-starter and a figure outer, like, you'd be surprised how many people, um, will just come to you with something that they could Google. Like, I don't know how to do this mm-hmm. thing. I'm like, freaking Google it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so, so these are just little things that, um, that I think are just inherent. And so what it can kind of come down to is like, um, learning how to like put questions into your application that might filter people in or out based on some of these characteristics. And then, like you said, you can feel some of it out in the interview process and then throughout a, a trial project or a small project to start with, you'll get even a much better feel, um, So it sounds like you're on a pretty good path with that. And then you can slowly trickle out more work. Um, You know, touch base regularly, like something that I do that I didn't even realize that I did. But if, and Tara's been with me for two and a half years now, so I don't really, there's very little constructive critique I have to give her. Um, She just knows how to do stuff and she figures it out on her own. But if something wasn't working for me, like whether it was the way she did something or the timeliness or like something, anything, I would tell her right away. And I'd be like, this isn't working. Like, we need to adjust it. It needs to be done this way, blah, 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 blah. Um, I was always very productive to give her positive feedback as well. But, you know, she had kind of said to me recently, I only learned this, which she said, you know, when I was in, like, full-time jobs that like she worked at a bank or something. She goes, I'd have my annual review and they'd be like bringing up something that had happened six months ago. And so I always like went into those experiences really anxious of like, Oh gosh, what have I done the past year that they're going to bring up and like (laughs) critique me for. So just constantly being like in real time with feedback, both positive and negative. Um, and just kind of helping to nurture that person. And again, it's, it's like riding a bike. It's a learned skill. But it sounds like you're on a really good path for that. What are you feeling like after all that stuff we just, I just kind of spewed at you?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, I hadn't really thought too much about like, okay, what like method are we going to stay in communication on Mm -hmm. Um, other than like, so far we've just been emailing back and forth. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, like I, I wouldn't. I don't think I would, you know, like wait until later to be like, you know, I actually didn't like, like what you're doing. Sure, sure, like. sure. I know. <laughs> I was going to, like my plan was to give her like, here's the first one, like the first one to work on. Yeah. Like do that. Then let's go over it. You know, make sure that, you know, it's what I'm expecting. And, you know, if you have any questions before, like we do with a whole batch of them kind of thing. Right. Um, and stuff like that. And yeah. And I think it sounds like you and Tara found like a really good balance between, um, like, kind of hands-off, like, not, not micromanaging her, but still staying in contact so that you both kind of, like, know the status of where things are and what to expect.
0: Yeah, and that is, like, what gave me a lot of peace of mind that, okay, things are getting done, they're getting done correctly, they're getting done on time, and then, and, and it was, a, it was, a, it was, it took us time to get there. It didn't happen in five seconds, Um. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the trust slowly built up and um, got to the point that, like, I could then throw something at her with, like, a one-sentence description. I'm like, hey, da-da-da-da-da needs to get done. And I could forget about it. And I would just Mm -hmm. know that she was going to get it done. She knew when the deadline, like— and, and she still keeps me in the loop on stuff because that's just my personality. I like to just I, – I feel good if I, like, know the status of things. Um, so that's where I would I, – I, I think you're doing everything right. I'm going to throw one thing oh, at you. <laughs> yeah, I think you're doing a lot of things right. I'll throw one thing at you. Um, I don't want this to come off wrong, but this is a lesson that I've learned over and over and over over the years. Um, you mentioned – okay, so pattern – sorry, pattern-making workroom – Mm-hmm. Um, there's a forum and some interaction and then, are you on Mighty Networks? Um, no,
1: I went, um, ended up going with, um, a like
0: forum social site that's based on WordPress, which is what my website is already on. Okay. Gotcha. 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 Okay, cool. I was just curious just cause I know we had talked about Mighty Networks, but.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was trying
0: to see like, what are my options here? What yeah. do I want to do? <laughs> it's, it's hard to pick those things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so you've got that, you've got the two live Q and A calls, and then obviously those calls are recorded and they're available mm-hmm. for people to listen to. There's like a vault. Mm-hmm. Um, here's what I have found over the years in courses, um, because you mentioned that your intern is going through those and she's time stamping all the questions. That's a lot of work, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's really ROI on that for the members of the workroom. Because what I have found, so I, at, I okay, asked them, so you did
1: a group. I asked them, yeah. like, you know, are there any, and I was very upfront of like, if you want to be in this beta group, it's free for now. Um, but you need to be like, I expect Feedback. you to be active. I expect yeah. you to be, you know, someone working on your brand and I'm going to ask you a lot of questions. So please respond. Um, So they have, so I I asked um, like we ended up switching the times of the group calls because some people ended up not being able to make it. And then i had asked some other like specific feedback Um, and they asked for certain things like we want like a calendar uh, like a link to be able to add all future calls to our calendar. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, like they wanted like an additional reminder sent out, like not just an hour before, but like the day before. Um, and then uh, multiple people said, we'd like to be able to go watch through the old ones, um, but would like to know like, you know, <laughs> what is in them. So we can watch the ones that are most relevant um, to what they're working on. Cause I mean, part of the kind of the value of the form is like getting your answers quickly. So you don't have to spend hours Googling them right. or going to school to find them. Right. So yeah, it was something I didn't just like decide to do that. That's right. why I hadn't, when I started, I waited until like, okay, half the people are asking for this it must be useful for them. Right.
0: Okay. So here's what I want you to do. Do it. And then I want you to like somehow measure if they're actually doing that because what happens a lot and I only say this from like years of um running courses and stuff is people will say they want something and then they don't actually want it like I used to do bonuses for um my Ilshire master class and you could get like a free like a bonus 30 minute one-on-one session with me Do you want to know what the the booking rate actually was? People said they wanted it. They're like, I want a one-on-one session because I need customized help with this one thing. And then I would, you know, I'd have like 30 new students that got the bonus and then, you know, other students that didn't get the bonus, right, because I had to cap it. And Mm -hmm. I had like a 15% booking rate. So 30 people would get it and then I would own, and they said they wanted it because I asked them. And then I would have very few people actually redeem the offer, um it's super interesting and it happened over and over and I did it recently too we did um for the uh, two sessions ago when we opened up fast for enrollment I offered portfolio critiques and I offered 20 and they sold out in like 30 minutes 20 spots and of those 20 spots 11 people booked So that was a lot more percentage than I was getting to book the illustrator um, one-on-ones. But my point being that, like, and people said, oh, my God, I want a portfolio critique. I want a portfolio critique. And they bought it right away. They even, like, put money on the table for it. And they didn't even book it. Mm -hmm. Um, So so what I, I want you to be mindful of, and I say this because over the years I have learned just through trial and error that like you can put a lot of effort into something and and even if people have said that they've wanted it and they might not actually use it. So maybe just somehow figure out if you can like see if they're watching the recordings or I don't really know um, how you'll be able to track that. Yeah, I probably can because it's on my, I can, I can probably look at the views on that page. So figure that out because my gut says that that might be a task that um, doesn't actually need to get done, even though they're saying that they want it. Um, and so what you can do is then in three months or however long you'd be like, listen, we did this, and you guys aren't actually using it, and so that's fine. We're just not going to do it anymore. But here's what we're going to do. Here's the eighty twenty, and this is something I mm-hmm. like hyper focused on in the business. Like, what's the eighty twenty? The eighty twenty is as soon as you get off the call, and it's fresh in your mind. Da 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 da. You write it down. Here's the things we talk about. Question one. Question two. Question three. Question four and mm-hmm. it's enough of a high level that like they can pick if that's a relevant uh recording for them to listen to or not that's a lot less work than than the than what you're having the intern do now so mm-hmm. um I don't mean to like poo poo the project that you gave her but I just I point this out from a lot of experience in that um I think that especially as we start to get help from people and we like hire someone on and I learned that it took me years to learn this, that we can, um, easily create tasks. And I'm not saying you create a task because you did ask your, your members and they did say that they wanted it. Um, but what I would focus on outside of that is having her do things that are currently like chewing up your time, like the podcast stuff. And figure yeah. out a template for like how the show note structure goes. Um, we 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 took like a year and a half to really refine our template and get it dialed in. But um, and that was something that Tara just kind of continually worked on. And and maybe passing off the coordinating the guests right like mm-hmm. email podcast at Allison Hayna, or I don't know if you have a website for it, but like email a specific address that goes to this person and they can handle coordinating mm-hmm. right. Um. So see how the first project goes. And then if you want her to take on more, then I would really focus on offloading what's currently taking your time instead of things that are on the back burner.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Because if they're on the back
0: burner, then they could probably still stay there. So why don't you (laughs) get yourself relieved a little bit first? Yeah,
1: yeah, good point. And and even your point about um like what people say they need is not always what they need. It's really not. Like <laughs> Yeah. And I I feel like in like talking to my clients, I know that. Right. And that's why when someone says, I don't need, I don't need a tech pack, like I know like no they're gonna need tech pack. And there's probably um,
0: things they say they need that you're like, No, you don't need that
1: yeah so I feel like I'm pretty good at kind of like peeling back the layers and being like okay what are you trying to accomplish here yes you know yes and not just like take face value what they say they want yeah um but yeah i I hadn't like applied that same kind of like curiosity of the real reason to maybe some other things that I should so
0: yeah yeah, yeah
1: I'll have to think more about that
0: Yeah. So for example, we're, um, we just implemented live Q and a monthly live Q and a calls inside of fast and Mm -hmm. I'm having, um, students submit their questions in advance. You can also still show up live and you can answer, ask questions on the fly, but I'm having students submit questions in advance. And so when it goes to, put that recording inside the course it's like we don't even have to do anything we just copy the questions that students sent in in advance mm-hmm. and put that in the description mm-hmm. right so like the mm-hmm. work is done for you um and that gets like that's like the 80 20 so sure you answered some other questions on the fly that maybe aren't in the description but it's like good enough um mm-hmm. and didn't take any extra work um and and then you know i'll just toss this out there And I know I feel like it's getting really in the weeds with like other stuff that is not really relevant to like other people who are freelancing. But I'll toss this out there. You know, depending on what you're using for these live calls, there are softwares like webinar softwares that will automatically send out those 24-hour reminders. That will automatically send out the one-hour reminder that automatically have the link for... And um, you know, all upcoming events, just add to calendar, that sort of thing. So there's like an automation mm-hmm. to this so kind of similar to like the Calendly thing that I feel like, I don't know how you're doing it now. If you're doing it manually.
1: Yeah. I'm doing it on zoom and I have like kind of a reoccurring link set up and okay. then I have uh scheduled out in MailChimp, um, to just the members of that group workroom to yeah. send out the reminders with the link there. So like I have a template for it. Like I don't have to like go in and create
0: a new email every time
1: I just schedule out like the next few. Yeah. Um, that,
0: that's something time. your, your intern or your assistant or whoever you wind up like really bringing it on. Um, and then, so that sounds automated enough, but that's something that like they could just take charge of. So it's like, okay, every month when we add the next two dates, go in and duplicate this email and then just like update the date or like whatever it is. Right. It's mm-hmm. just a little thing, but it takes a lot of space yeah it's a lot it's a lot of little things to do it's remember. a lot yeah. of little things and so i want you to focus on like taking all those little things um that take 5 to 15 minutes and offloading them and i'll tell you this too i um i listen to a lot of podcasts on business and strategy and stuff and um i was listening to one on like hiring and there's some rule I think some guy kind of coined it. I'm going to butcher it a little bit, but it was basically like the 4X rule. Um, and it was like, if a task takes you, maybe it was the 10X rule even. If the task takes you 10 minutes to accomplish, it's going to take you 100 minutes to train someone to accomplish it. Hmm. And And it was some large order of magnitude that it was like, Which I think where we can get feel really frustrated of like, well, I can just do it. It's only 10 minutes. Like, it's going to take way longer to teach someone how to do it. Like, let me just do it. But then you have to do that 10 minute task like over and over and over and over. And so it is an upfront investment for sure. Like, the first three months of someone being on your team is not going to free up your time. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you have to go into it with that realistic expectation that it's actually going to be more work.
1: It's another long game. It's
0: a long game yeah but Thank the long game
1: so I have worth been, it I have been maybe the past like six to nine months realized like okay I'm getting at capacity and so I I, I like wrote down all of the all of the tasks and categories in my business and like yeah. wrote out this you know operating processes for them okay good so that like as I'm doing them so I don't because I was like if I do if I wait till I'm really like don't have time to do anything and need to hire someone <laughs> I won't have time really to bad. write all these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 totally So I've already kind of been like organizing that type of thing of like here's step-by-step how to do all these tasks.
0: The other thing you can do too is you don't necessarily have to write out the SOP yourself. You could just make a Loom video. I don't know if you use Loom. It's a free plugin for your browser that you can just click once and it records your screen and it records you talking and stuff. And so Mm -hmm. you can um, just make a quick Loom video. So next time you're going into MailChimp to schedule the thing, the email, Mm -hmm. click record on Loom and just talk through doing it. And guess what? It's a lot faster than writing it out and putting all the screenshots. And then the person you hire, they can create the SOP for you. Mm Um. So that's an option as well, which is how I did have some written SOPs. But by now, Tara makes most of our SOPs. Like I'm, and I don't even have to show her anything anymore because she knows enough. But at the beginning, I was doing a lot of that because I was like, you know what, I'm doing it right now. Like it'll take twenty percent more time for me to talk through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a lot less time than for me to manually go and create the whole SOP.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So something to think about there. Um, I feel like I've given you a lot of stuff. How are you feeling? <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, it's been really helpful to, like, really think through and hear from, like, you have experience doing this, like, okay, this I'm on the right track on, this I should maybe, you know, give some thought to, does it really need to be done? Yeah. And all these, these other things, it's like, here, here's how to, like, here's reasonable expectations of, like, what it's going to take to really, like, onboard somebody, and here's some ways you can do it.
0: So, yeah, it's been really helpful. That's amazing. So what do you think are your immediate next steps um, in the next one to two weeks?
1: Um, deciding how I'm going to communicate with my intern. Okay. And mapping out, like, our expectations of each other. Okay. Um, and then... I know that for sure. And then I guess thinking of some other things too, and I need to talk with her to see like how many, you know, how much time is she really wanting to and available to like spend to do additional stuff. Okay. Cause like, I kind of told her like, here's this one project. There is more if we're a good fit, but we haven't really like discussed what that more would look like. Okay. Um, so I guess kind of map out some of these other things of do I, do I really need to be doing this? And if not, and like making, you know, saving the screen capture of it or like kind of making a list of here's things that I can maybe outsource or offload or have her do or hire somebody else to do or find an app to do right, <laughs> to right, simplify. Right. Um, but really kind of like a hard look of like what tasks are really necessary
0: for me to be working on. Right. Okay. I love it. What about your pricing?
1: Yeah that too. Um, <laughs> so I have kind of been going a little like higher and higher like especially the past you know, three or four months that I've been super busy. Okay. Um and sending out proposals I think I'm I've considered even and we didn't really go into this at all but and I know we're we're getting close to time but.
0: I think I'm going to split this into two episodes by the way so it's fine. Oh <laughs> yeah okay. <laughs> um yeah because I went a little long. Yeah it's okay. Um
1: I've considered even like right now, kind of. I have a range for my packages, like based on the type of, you know, like it's between this and this, depending on the type of garment. And then okay. I have to send a proposal for their specific garments. Right. But I feel like I could probably just simplify it and say, like, garments, here's three examples that fall into this one category, like split it into three categories. Like And you just price, have these three this tiers. Oh, and yep. three tiers, and they can pretty much self select you know, decently well, which category they fall into. And that way I don't have to like send out proposals. Yeah, that's for smart.
0: Project. I like that. And I think that the pricing will come out in the wash. Mm-hmm. Right. Like something that's on the higher end of complicated, like might be on the edge of that pricing tier, but then on something else might be on the lower end. And I think it'll just even out.
1: Yeah. And I and think that's, that's kind makes, what it has been. Okay. Anyway, you know, evens out, but I think, I, I had been hesitant to, you know, at first put prices on my site, and then I've still been hesitant to, like, set, set like, here's the exact price for this category of sure. complexity. Sure, Because I wanted the flexibility to be like, oh, like, they seem like they're going to be a lot more work, or, you know, like, kind of, f- f- I, I felt more comfortable having some flexibility of this seems a little bit more complicated than maybe they initially described to me or they seem like they're going to be harder to work with or something like that and then to have the flexibility to right price it but i think at this point like i can commit to i'm um, to a point where i can commit to a set price and don't need to kind of reserve the right to propose a price for each project.
0: Right. Right. And you know what, if the garment comes in too complex, you can just say something and just say, you know what, I realize there's these set tiers. um, And sometimes we have outliers and this is one of them. And so it really needs to be in this other tier or blah, blah, blah. Like, I think you could have something that's like, you know, I reserve the right to like, da da da, And you know what, if they're, they're feeling like they're going to be a difficult client, maybe that's the client you don't take. Yeah, and I have and I have like said
1: no to some people or just said no to additional projects or right. like made it made myself more difficult and less available. Not not more
0: difficult, but less available to sure. work. Sure. So again, I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve with that, but it sounds like it's going to, based on the amount of like leads and inquiries you're getting, it sounds like that could really streamline that process and it'll streamline your invoicing process too, to just, Mm -hmm. here's the three different check boxes. Okay. They have two at this quantity and one at that quantity. And I don't know what you're using for, are you using like honey books or anything like that?
1: No, I mean, I do my bookkeeping just in like a Google spreadsheet. And then I have Square that I'll use for invoices. Like they okay. can either like mail me a check based on the proposal okay. um, that I send or I'll send them if they want to pay my credit card an invoice via Square.
0: Okay. I don't know the the inner workings behind that. I know from a client side, I've hired multiple freelancers that use HoneyBooks and it's very easy from my side and it feels like it's pretty easy from their side too with like just there, here's the different packages and you just choose it um, or there's a custom proposal option and it, and it has like it like one click puts together the proposal as well as like you kind of sign off to the terms of service from a client side. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I have a master services contract that I have each client signed. Okay, perfect. So, um, so if that process is feeling like really smooth to you and, and not too laborious, then run with it. Um, cause I don't know the inner workings of square and how easy that is or isn't, but I know that honey books, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not too complicated. Okay. I, I'd say
1: the only complicated Part of it is the people who I'm, they maybe like signed their contract and like three months ago at this point. Then I had, kind of have to look back and be like, okay, do I have the contract? Do I have I sent them the initial like invoice for the deposit? Okay. And like just kind of check this, like, have I sent that stuff and received it? Okay. Um, but other than that, especially when there's not kind of like a long delay between when they sign on and when we actually start working together, then it's pretty simple.
0: Okay. So that sounds like it's really working for you. So then just keep running with that. Um, but I still think by having those three tiers that it will just simplify everything because like, okay, that's the tier. This is the price. Done and done. Mm-hmm. So that's smart. I think you should do that. Um, and so, okay, you're going to map that out and maybe try to raise it a little bit based on what you're currently charging. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, yeah. that didn't sound very confident.
1: No, I will I you, okay. had, you had initially asked in the next 1 to 2 weeks and I uh, probably won't get to any of that until after this FGI event Okay. Is fair enough. over and in which is in 2 weeks. So okay. after that fair the enough rest, like <laughs> the so, rest of October th- this is my projects to
0: move okay over on. beautiful so map out the stuff with your intern right now because she's there in real time and obviously she needs your support that's where you need to like give the most nurturing to in your business currently and then after that the pricing thing and so then I'd be curious to know where you land in the next couple months with all of this stuff so you'll have to keep me updated yeah. I'll definitely let you know. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on, Allison. It was super fun to chat with you. Um, congrats on your mm, continued you. success. It's amazing. I'm so proud of you. You've done so much with your career. I'm not surprised though. I always like saw the go-getter in you. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you might've seen more of it than I knew was in me.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hopefully I helped inspire and bring a little bit more of that out then. Mm-hmm.
1: Not to mm-hmm. take any
0: credit because you're the one that has done all the hard work.
1: Yeah, it's it just been a lot of fun and a lot of, like, I never thought that I would, like, freelance and, and be able to, like, have my own business and fashion, like, make a living doing something that I like. Yeah. And I'm kind of, like, on my own terms like this. So I think, um, yeah, I've definitely worked hard for it, but it's just, you know, like, growing up, like, I didn't have a concept of you could do this for your career, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of every once in a while I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I
0: never knew I could do this, you know? Look at what I've done for myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've, you built this thing and it's running and it's amazing and it's all yours and you own it and you control it. And that feels really good. I imagine. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, congrats. You really deserve it all. I know you've put in a lot of hard work and Thank a lot you. of trial and error. Um, so great to have you on the call, uh, both to hear about your, updates as well as go through some strategy and yeah please do keep me updated because I'm excited to hear how this all pans out for you and remember it's a learning curve you're gonna there's gonna be some failures on it and you figure it out and adjust and uh keep learning sounds good thank you so much Heidi Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer podcast. And thank you, Allison, for sharing um, your experience and your growing pains. I think a little bit of it is pains. I've, I've experienced them myself inside of, of this business. Um, and yeah, I hope that you guys found that really insightful and really valuable to learn about where Allison is and some of the strategies and ideas that she can think about to continue growing her freelance career and continue kicking even more ass. Um, also, a huge shout out and thank you to my two right hand people behind scenes mark my husband who does all the tech and editing and audio to make sure the show sounds good as well as Tara my kick-ass right hand of all the things Um, we've actually full transparency have been like brainstorming an appropriate title for her um, for months And we haven't come up with anything because she's just kind of like an extension of my being and does all the things um so she's just kind of a kick ass right hand person of everything inside of sff and sfd so that being said thank you so much to those two people who help make sure this show happens and again thank you so much for you to listening to you for listening um if you like the show please subscribe inside of itunes or apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it these days i know i'm like two years behind on that update um but make sure you subscribe or follow i actually think they changed it to follow i'm an old lady sometimes on this tech um And yeah, make sure you don't miss an episode. As well, if you would like an opportunity to get some one-on-one strategy sessions with me, as well as all the templates and resources that you need to start and grow a kick-ass fashion freelance career like Allison has done, we would love to have you inside a Freelance Accelerator. It opens up a couple times a year. um, To find out when that is, and to get all of my free resources as well, which we uh, send out on a regular basis, through our email list, head on over to SoHeidi.com freelance. We'll link to that in the show notes and you can get started right away with some of the free resources as well as be the first to know when Freelance Accelerator opens up and we're accepting new students. So I think that that's it. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye!